Hi, uh, my name is Angela Hooser, and I'm a faculty member in the elementary and special education department at MTSU. My name is Shannon Harmon, and I'm a faculty member in the Department of Elementary and Special Education at Middle Tennessee State University. Uh, I am here today with local elementary school teachers, and we'd like to talk to you about the ways COVID-19 pandemic has allowed for parents and teachers to work together in new ways as partners for student learning. I'd like to begin by allowing our teacher experts to introduce themselves. I'm Ashley Barnes. I'm currently fourth grade at Hobgood Elementary. I have taught third grade kindergarten and I've been in fourth grade for the past six years. I think this is my ninth year of teaching and I found my niche. I love fourth grade. Um, my name is Sarah Spears and I am a fourth grade teacher in Murray County. This is my fifth year teaching. I feel like after this year I'll be prepared for anything. <laughs> My name is Melissa Flowers, and I teach kindergarten at Homer Pitter Campus School in Murfreesboro. I have been teaching since 1997. My name is Jana Hawkins, and I am a kindergarten teacher at Homer Pitter Campus School in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I have been teaching for 14 years. Excellent. Very good. So what has teaching looked like for you during the pandemic? The biggest thing is that it's just required a lot of flexibility. We have gone back and forth, back and forth. We have contact tracing and then our county had to shut down a couple of times because cases in our county reached a, a certain threshold. And at the same time, we're trying to prepare them to be learners and we're trying to prepare them to still learn remotely. So we've done a with technology this year. That's been a huge takeaway is that just learning to be more flexible, but also relying on technology more and utilizing it to help students be successful. For me, it's in two parts. Last year in the spring, it kind of took us by surprise. We had a moment of sort of scrambling, trying to figure out how to stay connected with my kindergartners, how to keep them learning and growing. And so we had to be very creative on ways to keep that engagement with them and keep instruction going with them and not really having the technology. So I had to be very creative in how I managed that part of the pandemic. Since then, this current school year, we started our year off in boats. So our children sat in Sterilite tubs. And those were their boats. We made it as fun as possible, but that allowed them to still have their own space and remain socially distant. Now we're on lily pads, so we've been able to allow a little bit more freedom within the room for the children to move around. Instruction looks very different. Parent involvement looks very different. And so I've had to be very creative on how to keep the momentum going and maintain as much magic as I like in my day. Well, in the beginning, when we went out, I turned my kitchen <laughs> into a makeshift classroom. I would go on twice a day during the daytime with my class, and then I would come back in the evening and read them all a bedtime story every night. That became just my mode of connection with them, and it was exciting and sad all at the same time just because... I didn't get that closure with them because we never came back in person. So it was teaching based off of where you knew you had left off, yet where you knew you wanted to push them by the end of May. So 
this year, while we have been blessed to be in person all year long, we've still had the social distancing, which of course is interesting in an elementary setting, but specifically kindergarten, just because it is a little bit uh, more of a tricky challenge trying to keep them socially distanced. But they have managed to wear the masks and stay distanced as much as they can. They don't know the things that necessarily they would have seen not pandemic. It's amazing how you just make it work. Last year, I had no idea what a doing a live or going live, I had no idea what any of that was, but then I figured it out. Then it became so exciting. I was doing cooking shows in my house on Fridays with my kids. So while they were watching me, but even though it's a pandemic and it's it's had its rough side to it, but we've still managed to watch the children come together and learn and grow. And that, at the end of the day, is what it's all about. I started out the first nine weeks of school. I had nine students on Zoom and eight students in the classroom. That was hard for me because you wanted to be able to support the students at home. You were teaching them how to use Zoom and how to use Google Classroom, but you also needed to keep the ones here engaged. And I felt like there were moments where they were just staring at me and waiting on me to handle everybody online. So for me, it was really frustrating. And luckily after nine weeks, we switched it to where we put all of the Zoom students into one classroom and we actually were able to bring students back into the classroom. So we were all together. I love small groups and we're not able to do that like we always have done. I love hands-on um, materials and we've had to be very cautious and careful with that, with uh, wiping things down. Another frustration I have is the mask. As a teacher, I've had to fight for the engagement and the sharing their thinking and collaborative conversations between them because that is how I've had my success as a teacher. And it's and I've seen it clear as day how it's holding me back from getting them where I want to get them. So we're getting there. I've just had to fight <laughs> to, get, fight them. to get them there. I've laid in the floor and said, I will sit here until you decide to talk to each other. <laughs> Up until a week ago, all of their special area, which is music, art, library, they, those teachers have pushed into the classroom. So if they go to gym twice a week, that's the only time they're leaving these four walls. <laughs> so we've tried to have um, mask breaks and brain breaks and go outside as much as we can. And now it's just, it's just part of what we do. We yep. just, we, we build our routine and then we do our routine. So in what ways has this pandemic allowed you to work with parents in new ways? The original part of the pandemic, I was communicating with them any way that I could. Zoom, of course, then became the big way to communicate. This year, I have not met my parents. I've only met them through Zoom, which I'm very grateful for to have that opportunity to do that because they're dropping their children off to school with someone that they've never even seen before. Given that it's their kindergarten year, they have not met me, so that has been a unique experience, which has made me want to keep the communication even more with the parents, just because they are not getting that element of coming into the school building and seeing what's going on in the classroom or getting kind of that day-to-day -day perspective. I do also have distance learners. The parents have to assist when I'm assessing a child or trying to 
figure out if they've mastered a skill or not because kindergarten kiddos, they have to have somebody sitting with them at the device or getting them signed in, signed on. So the parents have really stepped up to the plate to do all that they can to make sure that the kids are participating in the Zooms and they're on time and ready to go. And then they also follow up and send me the work that the students have done for the distance learning program. Although we are distanced, I can still see if the child is progressing or is maybe having trouble with the skill. The pandemic has actually helped my parent communication. We use the program Seesaw school-wide. That's how we connect with families and students to assignments on there. We actually do our parent-teacher conferences through there. So students actually write a script and then record themselves talking to their parent about their iReady scores or their grades or things like that, their different goals. And then we're able to meet with them on Zoom and we're able to talk about those things that they saw on Seesaw. But it's just forced me to be more forthcoming and more open. The first four years of my teaching, I was the put a cute note in the folder and send it home. But then I never really followed up with that. Mm-hmm. And so using Seesaw has been really helpful for me because it forces me to connect with parents more. So I'm messaging parents constantly and they are messaging me because they want to reach out. They want more information. That's been a really cool thing to see that parents want to reach out to me more. And we've just been able to communicate more with um, messaging. And that's been really cool. In the spring, last spring, parents, they were looking to me for direction on how are we going to do this? What's going to happen to my child? In the past, my room mothers had taken it upon themselves to create a Facebook page that was private for just the kindergarten at campus school. I started communicating with parents through that platform, just providing them resources that they could all access because, I mean, everyone was already so stressed on what was happening. It just seemed to be the easiest transition. So that kind of became the main source of communication with the classroom, with me and the parents. And I could talk to all of them at one time. I mean, my parents have my cell phone number. So I have very open communication in my classroom. And I want the parents to realize that we are a team. One of the things that we did when it first started, I would read to my children on Facebook Live so they could actively participate. Their parents could participate. I would ask questions at the end of the story that their parents could expound upon the next day or that afternoon. I would give them different things that they could do with that. And so I got a lot of feedback from parents in that way. Once we were able to start instruction in that format, the students would submit their work to me via email or I would get videos from them. It was, it was just such a unique and fun time that even though it was crazy, the novelty of it made it still fun for the children. We tried to do little things like on Fridays, we would do cooking in kindergarten and my teaching partner and I would send out an ingredients list on Facebook Live for our parents. And we would say, this is what we're going to cook on Friday. So gather all your materials and let's have some fun. And we would incorporate English and language arts and math and science. And I would just set it up in my kitchen and I would cook an entree with my students. We got lots of feedback from that. The kids loved it. They looked so forward to it. And then we always had lessons that would, we would tack on to the end of that, that we could work through the rest of the week. That was an interesting 
fun way that I was staying involved with the parents and really trying to meet the needs that they had. This school year, it's looked a little bit different because while we're in person, the parents aren't allowed in the building. So we started the year off by making videos. I did a video about myself. I did a video of a classroom tour. Our AP did a video showing the school tours. Lots of people have kind of pitched in to make the transition to school a little more harmonious for the family. I've just tried to be very transparent with families, give them as much information as I can, and give them comfort in knowing that their children are here at school learning and having fun. I use Twitter a lot because the parents can access that easily and they can see little bits about what we're doing throughout the day. And just seeing their kids smiling usually means the most to them. We use the Remind app so I can stay in touch with parents that way. My website, I try to keep up to date and current. The parents know to go to that. And emails, I just email them information, whenever it comes up, I just try to keep them as informed as possible. What are some of the ways that parents have or could support you as a teacher during this time? As far as my school in Murfreesboro City Schools, we need students to have a certain amount of iReady, which is our math online program, and Lexia, which is our reading online program. I need them to get their minutes and their lessons and their units passed for the week. I don't always want to do that in the classroom. So if they have the ability to do some of that at home, that is very helpful so that while they're here, I can be teaching them, not them on a computer getting their minutes. But if they're stuck, I don't mind supporting. Like that's a benefit for them doing it in here where I can immediately teach. But if it's something that they can just do independently on their own because it is built at their level, there is a gap with this group because they missed the last three months of third grade. One thing that students need to be doing is reading at home, reading to a parent, a parent just having them summarize a chapter, summarize a page, summarize an event in the story. Students can write at home. So maybe one night you read, one night you write, one night you do math. 20, 25 minutes at the most um, would be so helpful. And then just keep asking them, how was your day? What did you learn? Stay invested in in their learning experience. When a student knows that their parent and their teacher are on the same page, it 100% impacts the effort that those students give. If no one cares at home, why should they care kind of thing? So sometimes we have to deal with that. If kids just really don't like school and nobody at home is asking them, then it's super hard to motivate them. I've received a lot of support from parents. I can't tell you how many times I get messages saying, we're missing this paper. What do we do? And I just explain the process to them where they can find it online or just say, hey, I'll put it in next week. So don't stress about it. One thing that I've noticed too, and this is kind of comical, we have so many parents that think we know what's going on, that we know when we're going to be remote. We know how we're going to learn all of that stuff, but we don't have that plan. That has been a challenge this year, communicating that. And it's been great to have parents that have been really patient with us as we navigate all of this together. So that's been awesome to see parents step up and work really hard with their students and then communicate and reach out to us when they needed help. Well, first of all, I would say just keeping that open communication, that is key. I might not be able to get my Zoom. I've only had a few times that that's happened this year. I'm then having to message the parents saying, hey, can you give me 10 more minutes? So just having that flexibility from the parents, and they have been so wonderful. I know they're doing everything they can, and they know I'm doing everything I can. So keeping that communication 
there is just key. And then also, you know, talking to the kids about what the expectation is when they come to school and knowing that when you're at school, I know the mask isn't fun, but it's just what we have to do to be healthy and safe. Having that conversation coming from both sides, from this, the parent and the teacher, I do think it's helpful. So it's helping them understand just the importance of it. Because I had a kiddo one day ask me why I wanted him to wear the mask all day. And I was like, well, sweetie, <laughs> it's just part of, it's just part of our day-to-day what we have to do right now. But, you know, I thought he doesn't understand because this is just his first experience with it. For the parent to be supportive and flexible and communicate, that's, to me, the three key components of it. Well, if you could share with your parents one idea for supporting their child's learning, what would you share at this time or really any other time? Look at the work that they bring home and ask them to explain some of it to you and have them bring work home. We have recycle bins in our classroom and sometimes completed work goes into that recycle bin. But I feel like there's power in just having them reiterate the learning of of whatever's on that page or that story. That is a place they can start is by reflecting on the work they did in the classroom. So get out there, take home folder, look to see what they brought home. If they're not bringing things home, ask for that. That's one way to to show them that I'm holding you accountable. I want to see what your work looks like. Yes, I would focus on that social emotional aspect because this year has been so inconsistent. So a year ago, this was when we shut down. I was running off packets for my students and I thought I would see them in two weeks. It's just crazy to think about how last year went. And I just see so much uncertainty in my students' eyes. I see them craving routine and focusing on that, I think at home will help them. I know so many parents are worried about them catching up and making gains. And they're not going to be able to do any of that if they don't have a consistent routine at home, if they're not feeling safe and loved at home. So really taking the time to create those routines, you know, emotionally, um, having family dinners, checking in with each other during car rides. You guys are the stable environment that they have. I think it's been really great to see family units coming together and coming out stronger. And that would be my biggest recommendation is just continue to focus on that family unit because the learning will fall in place when they feel loved and cared for. I believe that learning should be magical. Sometimes the stresses of whatever's going on in our life can kind of take over. And especially when you're working with young children, they love to learn. They're just natural born you know, inquisitive little people who want to learn. And so I just encourage parents to meet your kids where they're at. Think old school. Let's go back. Let's read a book. Let's talk about the book. Let's read the pictures and talk about the pictures and make some inferences on why this is happening or how it could be different if this had happened. Just conversation. I think today, many of our children don't have as much of that communicate with your children, read to them, talk to them, play with them, go outside, just really get down to the basics. And I think that they are going to support your children the most by doing those things. So is there anything else that you'd like to share? I don't know. I kind of just want to like give everyone a hug. <laughs> I know, say, right? no. for, you know, for parents listening, thank you so much for, you know, any efforts you're giving to your child 
in this time and just remember to give your child's teacher grace (laughs) because we need it. We are working hard. Like we want our students to come in and grow. And this is definitely a big hump in the road, but I mean, we have just persevered and figured things out and changed what what's our normal and it will help all of us grow. It 100% sure. will help all of us grow. So just remember that communicate with your with your teacher any frustrations or questions or ideas you have and um, continue to stay involved in your child's life and edu- in their educational life. Teachers are on your child's side. They want to help your child be the best they can be. We are so tickled when parents reach out to us. Some parents may feel like that annoys us. No, we love when parents reach out. They're able to provide a more complete picture of the student that we see. And this year has been crucial because sometimes we don't see our students for three weeks and then they come back and we don't know what's happened during that three weeks. Having that parent communication is amazing. Creating those stable, consistent environments at home are crucial this year. And just remember, we're going to get your kids caught up. Our focus is giving them the tools they need um, with the social emotional tools so they're not in that stress state. We are here for you guys, and we are so thankful that you guys have been there for us during this unprecedented school year. Thanks to all the parents that have been putting up with all the great, great teachers, too. Well, I have to say, when I started teaching, I never in a million years dreamed that (laughs) I would be teaching um, with the conditions that we have had this year. I never dreamed that how this year would look and how long, I guess, that it would last. But what I have found out is the teachers just make a way to make it work. We will do all that we can and try to figure out a way to make it the most successful as possible. And to see children learning and growing has been truly eye-opening and so heartwarming to see how this has come together amid a pandemic. I have grown so much as a teacher through the pandemic just by finding the new, new ways to communicate and the unique ways to tap into making things work. It's just been very unique to see how, even though there's so many things right now that seem to be against us in terms of the masks and the socially distanced and things that make it a little more difficult, but we've still managed to cross those hurdles and make it happen. And at the end of the day, growing a child's mind and heart, that's the key to it all.